Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 4, Episode 22. I'm doing 22A. Parker tomorrow will be 22B as I'm riding solo tonight as we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, but we want to get you your content. So I, myself, tonight will be giving Week 8 recap, going some stardom sit-ems for Week 9, and also my Week 9 picks. Parker tomorrow will be recording a World Series recap, a little bit of NBA, and his Week 9 picks. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the Sports GPS. Again, I'm sorry, I'm riding solo on this one, but Parker's going to get you that baseball content, NBA, so don't fret. Just two different episodes this week, as i got to be at a wedding in Pennsylvania. i got some friends getting married, and I'm super excited about that. Congratulations, Katie and Andrew, on your marriage. Looking forward to celebrating that. But first, we've got to get into your sports content for you every weekers here with the Sports GPS. We appreciate you, and Parker and I are doing a little modified uh, episodes because we want to get you all things sports GPS. So let's dive right into our first segment, the Week 8 recap. Getting into it, let's start with that Thursday night game, the Bucks and the Bills. The Bills do win 24-18, but man, the Bucks made it interesting at the end as they had a surge but just couldn't recover the onside kick. Uh, Josh Allen is your uh, passing leader with 324 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. James Cook, 14 carries. 67 yards and uh, a long of 18. Didn't find Paydirt as Josh Allen found one with his legs, so he had a total of three touchdowns in this one. Did throw one pick. His leading receivers, Gabe Davis uh, with a touchdown, Dalton Kincaid with a touchdown, and then he also had Shakur with six catches at 92 yards. Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield looking actually really good uh, compared to what we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. 25-42 for 237 and two touchdowns. Did get sacked three times, and it wasn't great on the ground for the Bucs. They only had 78 yards as a team. Baker Mayfield counting for 19 of them, which Parker and I always talk about. You can't have a quarterback being a big-time rusher and look to win games. Unfortunately, both of these teams have it as a mainstay in their offense as Josh Allen also had seven catches for 41 to go with that touchdown that we already talked about. But listen, the Bills got it done at home. Uh, Tampa Bay made it interesting and got me the backdoor cover uh, versus Parker there. Let's go ahead and jump to the Sunday games. Eagles-Commanders is the first one on the slate for us. Uh, this was a push as the uh, Eagles were favored by seven and they win 38-31. to Very crazy game. Crazy points late. Hurts throws for four touchdowns, two of which went to A.J. Brown. One went to the newly acquired Julio Jones on his only catch of the day. And then, of course, the fourth one went to Devonta Smith. But DeAndre Swift did have the touchdown late, which proved to be the difference in this game as Sam Howell also threw for four touchdowns and had the most yards of anybody, 397. Listen, this offensive line looked actually really good for Washington. Uh, the Eagles really didn't get home. They did hurry Sam Howell, but they didn't really sack him as they only got home technically once. Hassan Reddick did force a um, intentional grounding penalty, which is almost as good as a sack. 
Uh, but Brian Robinson led the way in all rushers, 59 yards with a long of 29. That uh, kind of really got Washington uh, moving in the first half, but Washington not able to do much in the second half until the fourth quarter, and seven of those points were absolute garbage time when the Eagles were just trying to kind of let it happen and, and get to an onside kick scenario. Um, listen, Jalen Hurts, uh, not the greatest of day rushing, but he didn't have to, and I enjoyed that, as he did have 319 yards through the air with those four touchdowns that we already talked about. A.J. Brown is a fiend, eight catches, 130. This is his, and two touchdowns that we talked about. This is the sixth straight game that he went over 125 yards, which is a new NFL record. Definitely something that needed to be said here as the Eagles improved to 7-1 and one on the season. Commanders dropped to 3-5 and five after the loss. Uh, let's jump to Rams-Cowboys. The Cowboys absolutely destroyed the Rams, 43-20. This is just comes to show that the Cowboys can be great as frontrunners, um, and this is you know where they shine. They had a safety. They had a pick six. CeeDee Lamb had 12 catches for 158 and two tutties. Prescott threw for four touchdowns, did have the pick, didn't really overly come into play. He had 304 yards through the air. Tony Pollard not doing much on the ground, but this Rams defense is very stout against the run. Uh, and Matthew Stafford had a terrible day as he went 13 of 22 for 162, a touchdown and interception. Listen, this, this Dallas defense is legit. They hold a lot of people down. Uh, Royce Foreman only 44 yards on nine carries. I mean, it's just... The Rams didn't do much offensively, and that's what kind of killed them. Um, and you know, listen, this this Dallas defense, as we've was well, I've, I've said it multiple times here, when they lead, when they have, um, you know, they can pin back their ears and just fire at a quarterback, they force you into bad throws. And Matt Stafford ended up taking the back half of this game off as Brett Rippon came in uh, just to kind of you know save face for Stafford as he didn't have it. Uh, and Cooper Rush came in for Dallas and threw three passes late, again, just to kind of save face and let it happen. Uh, this first half, uh, Dallas led 33-9 to at halftime. It was over before that even got to that point. Dallas improves to 7-2, and or, sorry, 5-2, and two, and the Rams drop to 3-5. and five. Dallas coming off that bye from the previous week. Uh, Vikings-Packers, the Vikings uh, win 24-10 but lose their starting quarterback as he is out for the rest of the year with an Achilles tear, very similar to Aaron Rodgers. They've already traded for their replacement, as Kirk Cousins did go for 274 and two touchdowns. Um, K.J. Osborne was the leading receiver as far as yards are concerned, but pass catching was all about Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson, as both of them had the touchdowns on 88 and 82 yards, respectively. Jordan Love, not a great game. 24-41, did throw for a touchdown and a pick, but was sacked four times as that offensive line really not holding up for him. And he was the leading rusher, which, again, Parker and I have said way too many times, if you're the leading rusher in the quarterback, you've got issues. His touchdown pass went to Romeo Dobbs, who seems to be his favorite target as he led target shares for the Packers with nine, even though he only hold in four of them for 18 yards and that one touchdown. I've already said that... Uh, it's basically a three-headed monster as far as Minnesota's receiving game with K.J. Osborne, T.J. Hawkinson, and Jordan Addison. And then you had a bunch of guys with just one catch each. The backfield has become a little bit of a mystery uh, with Alexander Madison getting the prime to, uh, carry share, but Cam Akers finding Paydirt, which led to a good fantasy performance from Cam Akers and not that much from Addison. Let's go to our next game here, Saints versus the Colts. 
the uh, Colts, who we thought were going to come in and uh, do some damage, looked a little flat versus the Saints defense, uh, and they lose 38-27. to Derek Carr rebounds from a tough week, throwing for 310 and two touchdowns. Uh, your leading rusher was Jonathan Taylor with 95 yards on 12 carries. He looks very good, and that's promising. Uh, uh, Shahid is the leading receiver as far as yardages. He has three receptions for 153 and a touchdown. Uh, Gardner Minshew, not the greatest of games, 23 of 41. He did have two touchdown passes, but he did have a bad pick. And then Zach Moss was your uh, rushing touchdown getter for the Indianapolis Colts. Josh Downs, the rookie wide receiver out of U. NC uh, led the way in yardage for Indianapolis, but the ball was spread around well as Michael Pittman had the most catches at eight. Um, Derek Carr only went 19 of 27, but he was efficient with all of those as he averaged 11 and a half yards per attempt. Uh, Rashid, the most yardage. Uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara both had four catches, and Chris Olave led in catches with five at 46. Alvin Kamara did have a catch out of the backfield for a touchdown. Taysom Hill, massive day rushing, as he normally ends up doing in that offense. Uh, he had two touchdowns on the ground on 63 yards and nine carries. Kamara, respectable, as he's starting to get his legs back under him. He found, as I already talked about, one through the air and one on the ground. 17 carries, 59 yards, as the Saints do defeat the Colts by the score of 38-27. to Let's jump to the upset of the week and what I thought was going to be a great one. This was my eliminator pick, and they lose. The Texans fall to the Panthers 15-13. to uh, Listen, uh, Bryce Young had a great game, 235, one touchdown. Damian Pierce did like not much on the ground, and he's been kind of a disappointment for you. But let me tell you, a sleeper in fantasy and a sleeper in all good things, Panthers, Adam Thielen, man, is turning into a nice wide receiver. One for Bryce Young, eight catches, 72 yards. Did not find pain dirt, as that was the tight end Tommy Trumbull uh, caught the touchdown pass from Bryce Young. But Chuba Hubbard had a good day on the ground, as well as um, Bryce Young uh, getting important yards when he needed to. Listen, this was very much a rock fight. Uh, we're not giving it the rock fight of the week just because there was a worse game on the slate. Uh, but it very well could have been as this was C.J. Stroud's probably worst game as a starter. Went 16 of 24 for 140. There were definitely two rock fightable games on the slate as uh, C.J. Stroud had to find the end zone with his legs instead of his arms uh, in this one. Nico Collins, not really a factor, and he's kind of been the, the big threat there was held down by this Panthers defense, which normally isn't vaunted, but uh, on this day, it looked a lot better than that. Let's go ahead and jump to the next game, Titans versus Falcons, another one that was a pseudo-upset, as uh, we really didn't expect much out of the Titans, but they win 28-23. to Will Levis comes out of nowhere and throws for 238 and four touchdowns, with DeAndre Hopkins being the recipient of four of, or sorry, three of the four on his four catches for 128. Derrick Henry, uh, fresh off the "We're not trading you," goes 22 carries for 101. The Falcons look lost, and the rookie Will Levis decided to uh, take over the game, and uh, he was the uh, thrower of all of the scores for that. Uh, for the Titans as they scored a touchdown in each quarter to win 28-23 to over the Dirty Bird Falcons. Let's jump to a game that we thought was going to be better, and it turned out to not be that great. Jacksonville defeats the Steelers 20-10. to It's definitely a defensive struggle as Trevor Lawrence had 292 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. ETN had 24 carries 
uh, and 79 yards produced out of them. Ingram's your leading receiver, 10 receptions at 88 yards. Uh, the touchdown was scored by ETN through the air and not on the ground, so he's keeping his touchdown streak alive. Mitchell Trubisky had to come into this game as Kenny Pickett got hurt, uh, and he went 15 to 27 for 138, a touchdown and two picks. Very Mitchell Trubisky-esque. Uh, and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris not really effective on the ground for Pittsburgh. This is what we know Pittsburgh to be. Boswell misses a kick. Uh, Jacksonville does enough to uh, get you all excited. Uh, they improved to 6-2. and two. The Steelers 4-3. and three. It felt like a really, really tough day for the AFC North, and it definitely was uh, as the Steelers and Browns both fall. We'll get into the Browns game in a little bit here. Uh, Patriots, Dolphins, the Dolphins take care of business. I predicted it last week that they would win by 14. That turned out to be the final differential as a 31-17 to point win. Tua Tagovailoa got back on the horse and goes 324 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Mostert found Paydirt again as well as Waddle as they're your leading rushers and receivers combined. 13 carries, 46 in that tutty. Waddle, seven receptions for 121 and a touchdown. Uh, the Patriots decide to uh, regress back to the mean as we all thought it was going to happen. Well, at least I did. Um, you know, I guess Parker did too. Uh, Mac Jones did have 161 yards through the air with two touchdowns. And uh, no rushing touchdowns for New England as they managed another field goal with Kendrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster, the recipients of the touchdowns for Mac Jones. Uh, Tariq Hill kept his touchdown streak alive, as well as Cedric Wilson had the one-yard touchdown late to make it um, 31-17 to for the final. Uh, and the Rock fight of the week has to go to Jets-Giants. The reason why it does, there were 23 points scored in this game. There were 24 punts. You can't really sit here and state that anything else is more rock-fightable when you have more more punts than points scored. Uh, Two late field goals by the Jets, one to force overtime as time basically expired, and one in overtime to win it. Zach Wilson did have a touchdown through the air in 240 yards. Saquon Barkley had a phenomenal day on the ground, but it was not enough to get the Giants the win. Tyrod Taylor left this game, and it was Tommy DeVito that came in in relief. Uh, Tyrod not really effective with his seven uh, passing attempts, only eight yards on those, but he was somehow better than DeVito, who had seven, only two catches for negative one yards. Listen, this was... 1,000% 1,000% a rock fight of all rock fights. It was all rushing. It was not a lot of passing for the Giants. It was all passing and not a lot of rushing for the Jets. And what does that turn into? Absolute awfulness. And it turns out to be the rock fight of the week. Let's go ahead and jump to those afternoon games. The Browns fall victim to the Seahawks in Seattle, 24-20. Geno Smith, two touchdowns to go along with two picks on his 254 yards. Kenneth Walker, eight carries for 66. Amari Cooper's your leading receiver, six receptions for 89. This seems to be the theme for Cleveland as P.J. Walker uh, did woe 15-31 for a touchdown and two picks. They are dependent on their defense, and when their defense does not get it done in crunch time, a.k.a. the fourth quarter, gave up the game-winning touchdown drive to Geno. Um, it, it's just it's it's not a great thing. Uh, the Browns end up having one chance to kind of take it all 
with uh, not much time left on the clock and turn it over on downs. Uh, their last couple possessions weren't the best. They scored two field goals to start off the second half, but went punt, interception, and then downs. Uh, there were not a lot of possessions in this game as there were some longer sustained drives that just didn't result into points. Uh, but the Seahawks got it done on a five-play, 57-yard drive at the end of regulation to take the four-point victory and cover the spread, by the way. So was definitely happy about that. Let's get to the Bengals uh, kind of making a mockery of the 49ers. The 49ers are in a free fall. They made some trades at the deadline that kind of hopefully gets them back on track. But the Bengals bookend... Uh, uh, three points in the middle two quarters with two 14-point uh, quarters in the first and the fourth to win 31-17. to 17. Um, Listen, Brock Purdy, I know he threw for a bunch of yards, but two crucial picks down the stretch. Uh, Joe Mixon was your leading rusher for 16 carries, 87, and a tutty. Uh, George Kittle had a great day receiving. Unfortunately, he didn't find Paydirt, which would have helped the 49ers today. He had nine receptions for 149 I don't think Brock Purdy's been exposed, quote-unquote. I just don't think it's been great as uh, the 49ers fall at home for the first time this year and fall to 5-3 and three with three straight losses as starting uh, as they started the year at 5-0. and oh. The Bengals starting to look like the rebound team. Joe Burrow started to look like himself, ran for a little bit, and uh, they improved to 4-3 and three and uh, decide to like knot a lot of things up as three of the four AFC North teams are at 4-3. and three. Let's get to the team that's leading that division as the Ravens defeat the Cardinals 31-24. to A late surge by the Cardinals was not enough to take over as they score 17 in the fourth but allowed 10 and did not make up that deficit. Looks a little crazy there at the end, but Gus Edwards is your player of the game. 19 carries, 80 yards, found Pater three times. And uh, Josh Dodd was your leading passer. He is now a Minnesota Viking, as I'd already talked about previously. 208 yards through the air, two touchdowns, two picks. Lamar didn't have the greatest day through the air or on the ground, but Gus Edwards definitely carried the way for Baltimore, and that defense did enough to hold it down and get the job done. Listen, the Cardinals are they're, they're playing for the number one pick, and whether they think Kyler Murray's the answer there or not, they're at least trying to make sure that they're in play for Caleb Williams. So if they don't get Caleb Williams and they go elsewhere, they can at least trade out of that pick and get plenty of draft assets like Parker and I talked about the Bears doing. But obviously the Panthers winning kind of took them out of that spot. Let's talk about those Bears as the Sunday night game was kind of a snooze fest as it was 24-7 to at half and it was just, you know, four field goals in the second half. 30-13 to was your winner the Los Angeles Chargers defeating those Bears, improving to 3-4, and four, which is kind of sad considering we had some high hopes for Justin Herbert and those Chargers this year. He had a good game, though, 298 yards passing with three touchdowns, uh, and there was not a lot of rushing to be told in this game, but Austin Eckler is your leading receiver out of the backfield, so running back getting a job. Uh, getting the job done through the air. Seven receptions for 94 and a touchdown. The other touchdowns for the Chargers went to um, Donald Perham and then um, Simi Fehuko, a.k.a. Who, as uh, that's not really who <laughs> who anybody had in fantasy. Uh, the Bears did have one touchdown, or sorry, two touchdowns on the ground, one from their starting quarterback, Tyson Baggett, uh, Bagent. And then the other one is Darton Evans, another 
in this game. Sunday night did not prove to be well for the fantasy owners, but if you were facing any of them, you seem to uh, be happy about it. Uh, the Chargers cover the 8.5-point spread versus the Bears that Parker and I both had wrong. Let's go to the Monday night game. The Lions defeat the Raiders by a score of 26-14. to uh, The Lions had control of this game basically from the second quarter throughout. The Raiders kind of look lost. Uh, Jimmy G tried to do his best to keep it in the game, but the rush defense was not great as Jameer Gibbs had 26 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff found one through the air, and it was to Sam Laporta, which helped us in fantasy. But Amon Ross St. Brown did have himself a game with six catches for 108, even playing through the illness. And the only player that really showed up for Vegas, uh, I already said Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a great game, 10 of 21. Uh, did throw a pick. Josh Jacobs, uh, 61 yards on the ground with this touchdown, and then 27 through the air. Raiders couldn't really get anything going offensively as they only had the one touchdown on offense, but Marcus Peters did take a pick from Jared Goff to the house, 75-yard touchdown uh, to bring it within two, but then the Lions decided to uh, end this game quick as Jameer Gibbs, a mere three minutes later, uh, had a 27-yard touchdown run that put this game on ice for good. Riley Patterson, just for just for fun, decided to throw a 52-yarder at the end to get the final score to 26-14. to Now, you might be sitting here saying, but CJ, there was another game on the slate. Oh, yes. Yes, there was. But it wasn't really worth talking about because we thought for sure the Chiefs aren't going to lose this game. They have a 16-game winning streak against the Broncos. There's not a prayer that they win this game. Au contraire, mon frère. The Broncos win 24-9 in probably one of the most lopsided uh, defeats in the Patrick Mahomes era as the Chiefs. Now, I know you might be sitting here going, but wasn't it said that Patrick Mahomes was dealing with an illness and had to get an IV before the game? Yes, and that's the reason why the Chiefs lost so bad. Well, that and the fact that Taylor Swift wasn't in the house, and uh, Travis Kelsey only had 58 yards receiving on six catches, but... Honestly, the Broncos played really, really well in the cold in mile high. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't have to do much, but he did throw for three touchdowns. Uh, one to Jerry Judy, one to Cortland Sutton, and one to Javante Williams. Speaking of Javante Williams, he also had 85 yards on the ground to go with his touchdown pass receiving. Patrick Mahomes threw a bunch of times, but it really wasn't uh, his most elite performance as he went 24-38 for 240, had two interceptions on the game, and both of them turned out to be massive interceptions um, and they really couldn't get the run game going the defense for Denver finally actually showed uh, showed up but there was promise for Kansas City as they had a lot of different pass catchers catch the ball a total of 11 saw targets and 10 of which hauled in those targets just wasn't very effective for the Chiefs as Patrick Mahomes did not look like himself as Denver pulls up the improbable upset to beat the Chiefs 24 to 9. Uh, I did not have a bad week doing picks as I went 8-6-2. Parker, however, not his best performance. He had 4-10-2. Brings the season totals to 57-60-5. Parker is 59-58-5. He's just happy that he's keeping his head above water versus the spread. I'm looking to make a comeback as we will have week 9 picks for me. Parker will have his own picks on his supplementary episode to this one. But before we get into that, it's fantasy stardom and sit right around the bend.
Welcome back. Jumping into the NFL stardom and sit for week nine. Again, you start your studs and you bench your duds. However, I'm going to give you the fringe guys that might win your league or lose your league. I know I wasn't great last week as I sat there and told you to bench DeAndre Hopkins, but who knew Will Levis was going to have such a great game? So I apologize, but here are week nine's picks for stardom and sit for the stardom, I'm actually going to take Dak Prescott versus my Eagles. The Eagles are still trying to figure out their way with this secondary. I think Dak Prescott has another good game, even though it's in Philly. It might be a little bit of a reverse jinx for me. However, I still think he has a good game against Philly, and he's finally starting to see CeeDee Lamb and throw him the ball. He is obviously one of the best pass catchers in the league. I also think C.J. Stroud has a bounce-back performance versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Listen, he didn't live... Uh, up to expectations last week, and I'm going to throw him back on here, but if he does me dirty again, he will never find his way back on to start him and sit him. And then your third pick, I think Sam Howell has another impressive game versus New England, as long as that offense of line still proceeds to give him protection like they did against Philly. And I think because their defense lost two key contributors at the trade deadline, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot versus this Patriots team, as this could end up being, shockingly enough, a slight shootout. And if Sam Howell can produce like he did last week, it'll be very advantageous for you to have him. Sit him. I don't like Geno Smith versus the Ravens. Really, this Ravens defense is really good. He wasn't that great last week, and I expect another similar performance out of him this week. I also don't like Jordan Love versus the Rams. Really, either quarterback in this matchup isn't great. But I think Jordan Love has a worse game, hence the reason why he's on this list. We're going to jump to running backs now. I'm going to repeat the trend from last week, and hopefully it'll hold true this time. I'm going to start both rushers for the Indianapolis Colts. They like to run the ball. They like to take pressure off of Gardner Minshew. Carolina, not a great rush defense, even though they looked better this past week versus Houston. I don't think they can strike gold twice. So start Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, as both of them have the chance to get into the end zone. I also like Joe Mixon versus the Buffalo Bills. Don't get me wrong. I think the Bills' defense is better than what they've been showing. However, this game just ever so happens to be in Cincinnati, which will help. The Bills, not the greatest team on the road this year, and I truly believe that uh, he was able to run against San Francisco's defense, so he should be able to put up a repeat performance against Buffalo's. As far as your sit I don't like Najee Harris tomorrow versus the Titans. I know he's home, but it hasn't been great. Uh, Warren has been taking some uh opportunities away from him especially at the goal line Najee Harris is a sit for me as well as Damian Pierce I'm done with him he's gone maybe I'll give him another shot but he's not finding my fantasy lineup until he produces again so I would not put him in yours let's go ahead and jump to the wide receivers I really like Amari Cooper versus the Cardinals this week I think PJ Walker is going to have to find him a, uh, a a player that's going to be consistent, and Amari Cooper is really the most consistent pass catcher for the Cleveland Browns. I think Arizona puts up a fight this week, and Amari Cooper is going to be the reason why the Browns win. I don't think they cover, but I think they win, and it's because of Amari Cooper finding the end zone once, maybe even twice. I also like Josh Downs versus the Panthers. Again, I'm going with the theme I went last week. It burnt me last week. Don't let it burn me again, as I truly believe Josh Downs finds the end zone today, or 
sorry, this weekend versus Carolina and those Panthers. I also like Garrett Wilson versus the Chargers. Listen, the Chargers secondary hasn't been the best this year, and Garrett Wilson is obviously the favorite target from his last name counterpart, Zach Wilson. So give me another uh, big dosage of Garrett Wilson, as right now he is uh, 46% of all passes go his way in the Jets offense. I think he has a monster game versus the Chargers on Monday night. As far as Sidhams are concerned, I already said I don't like Jordan Love, so I obviously don't like Christian Watson versus the Rams. I just feel like this Rams defense knows how to clamp down on wideouts, and Jalen, uh, sorry, Jordan Love is going to have a tough day versus this Rams defense. I also don't love K.J. Osborne. He had some rapport with Kirk Cousins. It's going to be a little bit for him and all Minnesota pass catchers for that matter. I just don't love this, and it's a tough matchup versus the Atlanta Falcons. It's just really, really tough. I know DeAndre Hopkins kind of burnt them last week, but I think it'll be Hawkinson for Dobbs as Dobbs really likes throwing to the tight end. As far as tight ends are concerned, your stardoms for this week. I like Trey McBride to have another great performance for Arizona versus Cleveland. If you can beat Cleveland with the tight end, that's kind of where you have to go with it. That's what the Seahawks did this past week. And I also like Dalton Kincaid to to continue his really, really strong performance uh, from last week into this week versus a Cincinnati team that gave up nine receptions to George Kittle. I know, Kittle's special, but Dalton Kincaid could also be that special, and it looks like he is going to be heavily featured with Dawson Knox sidelined again. Um, and then uh, as far as Sidham is concerned, I don't like Luke Musgrave, I don't like Tyler Higby, and I don't like Cole Komet for all the obvious reasons. Don't like the quarterback, don't like the quarterback this week, and don't like the quarterback this week. Let's go ahead and jump to the defenses. Kind of obvious for this one, but why not be obvious? Uh, start Cleveland versus Arizona. You're going to start Atlanta versus Minnesota, and you're going to start the Saints versus the Bears. As far as sit I don't like the Bills versus Cincinnati, and I also don't like Cincinnati versus the Bills. That's going to be the shootout this week. I also don't love the Chiefs versus Miami as they're going to Germany in that early window, and I just don't think they get it done versus this Dolphins offense that really... It's just been phenomenal, and the Chiefs have been beating people by sacking them. The Dolphins have taken just 12 sacks all season, tied for the third fewest in the NFL. So that is your stardom and sit for Week 9. When I return, it's going to be my Week 9 picks on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the final segment of this split episode here again If you're looking for Parker and you want to hear Parker's amazing vocals, go ahead over. The next episode posted, 22B, will be all of Parker with the World Series, with a little NBA, and his Week 9 picks. But as far as my Week 9 picks, I'm going to give them to you now. Again, scheduling conflict for us. Sorry about that. Uh, But I appreciate you bearing with us on this kind of crazy week. Again, congratulations to Katie and Andrew on your wedding that I will be attending this Friday night. Looking forward to that. Let's start with Thursday night's game, though. Titans going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored by two and a half. I like what Will Levis gave. I actually like him as a streamer option if you're looking for a cheap option in Daily Fantasy. Um, And I like getting two and a half points even for a team 
uh, that has a very, very strong defense, especially at home. But I think Will Levis showed me enough last week that he can get the job done versus the stifling, uh, scuffling Steelers offense. Give me the Titans to beat the Steelers on Thursday night. Uh, Sunday morning game, again, in Germany, the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by one and a half. I think they have a bounce back game. I know you're just sitting here going, but didn't you just sit there and say you're not starting the Chiefs offense versus the Dolphins defense? You would be correct, but I also wouldn't start the Dolphins defense either, and I don't think anybody starts the Dolphins defense, and I think the Chiefs end up with a win. I think they're too good. They have a bounce-back game. Patrick Mahomes won't be dealing with an illness this time, and I think they win by two or more. Uh, I actually think it's probably a five-point victory over in Germany. This is going to be another shootout, very much like Bengals-Bills will be on the Sunday night game. As far as the Sunday day games going, the 1 o'clock slate looks like Vikings versus Falcons. Falcons are favored by 4.5. Listen, the Vikings are starting Josh Dobbs uh, five days after he gets there from the trade deadline. The Falcons, even though it's not the greatest continuity, it is still continuity, especially at the quarterback position. Give me the Falcons to beat the Vikings at home by more than four and a half. I like the Cardinals to cover the spread versus the Browns. It is a seven and a half point spread. If this was less than seven, I would have probably taken the Browns. However, I don't think the Browns beat anybody by more than a touchdown. And the Cardinals with Kyler Murray back will probably look better than what Vegas thinks they are. Give me the Cardinals to cover the spread. I don't think they win this game, though. Give me the Rams to beat the Packers in Lambeau, and they're getting three points. I like them outright, but I'm definitely taking the three points if I can get it. Give me the Rams to beat the Packers, and the Jordan Love era is starting to look like a flounder. Uh, the Commanders go to New England to face the Patriots. The Patriots are favored, but I don't think they should be. The Commanders showed some promise last week. Give me the Commanders to win, not just cover the spread, but you give me three and a half, so give me the Commanders. Uh, Bears go down to Nolens to face who they? Who that? Who that think they're going to beat them Saints? The Bears are not, and they're also going to cover eight and a half points, so give me the Saints to cover. They're probably winning by 14 plus. Next on to the Derwin Henley and Shea Henley. Battle of the week as uh, Derwin Seahawks are going to Baltimore and Shea's Ravens. I like the Ravens to cover five and a half. They look great at home, and I think they make Geno Smith's life a living nightmare this week. I like the Ravens to win by 10 plus, and the line is only five and a half. Give me the Ravens to win. Uh, and then lastly, on the one o'clock slate, the Bucks versus the Texans. The Texans are looking down. The Bucks, even though they lost to the Bills, looked good doing it in the final quarter. Give me Baker Mayfield and the Bucks plus three points versus the Texans down in Houston. The afternoon slate, the Colts versus the Panthers. The Panthers are uh, getting two and a half. I don't think it's enough. Give me the Colts to win going to Carolina with that dual rushing attack of Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Giants go to Vegas to face the Raiders. The Raiders are giving a point and a half. That is not enough. This Giants offense looks anemic outside of Saquon Barkley. And I know you're sitting here saying, but didn't the Lions just carve up the Raiders defense? Yeah, but Jimmy Garoppolo looks better than whoever the Giants decide to trot out at quarterback. Usually the better quarterback wins games. Give me the Raiders to cover the one and a half. In the last game in the afternoon slate, America's game of the week, the Eagles 
are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are three-point favorites. I like the Eagles at home here to cover the spread and win by four-plus. Listen, this game's going to be tight. This is going to be the game of the top two teams in the NFC East. One's going to probably be the one or two seed. The other's probably going to be the five seed in the playoffs. Listen, either way, this game could go. I have much respect for the Cowboys, especially after that dismantling that they did versus L.A. this past week. But that was in Jerry World. It's a different monster in Philly. Give me the Eagles to cover the spread in a tight one, as I think in a couple weeks it'll the tables will turn and the Eagles will probably lose to the Cowboys in Jerry World. Let's go to the Sunday night game, Bills versus Bengals in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's given up one and a half, and I still like them to cover that. The Bills always look pretty decent, then look pretty bad. It's the roller coaster ride of Josh Allen. He's due for a downswing as Joe Burrow has finally found his quote-unquote land legs as it looked like he was stuck for the early part of the year with that calf strain. He's looking like his old self. Give me the Bengals to cover the one and a half. And then finally, the Monday night game, the Chargers go to New York. Well, really, New Jersey and the Meadowlands to face the Jets of New York. Listen, the Chargers giving up three and a half. I don't like this Jets offense. I've never liked this Jets offense outside of Garrett Wilson. It's really not that great. Give me the Chargers to have another good week, especially in primetime, and them to cover the three and a half in New York. We have four teams on by this week, Broncos, Lions, 49ers, Jags. If you're fans of those teams, just sit back and relax and enjoy some good football. Uh, Or go ahead and tune into a team for your division and Root against them like I often do when my Eagles aren't playing the Cowboys. This is normally the part where I pass it off to Parker for him to do all the socials, but I guess it's on me this time. So find us on the socials, Twitter, a.k.a. X, well, it's X, a.k.a. Twitter, whatever it is. Find us there at the Sports GPS as well as Instagram and TikTok. We're definitely trying to be more active. Parker is definitely doing his best to respond to anybody who responds to us. We look forward to more of that. Also, put in your suggestions for the backseat GMs as we're looking to put a couple teams in MLB in the offseason into the hot seat, a.k.a. the backseat of our car, to uh, tell them what they should be doing with their franchise for next season. We're also going to be doing it with some football teams post the trade deadline and what were you doing because you've got nothing to do for the rest of time because your team's not going anywhere and not making the playoffs. But I digress. If you want us to put a team in the back seat, a GM in the back seat, an owner in the back seat, whoever you want to put, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok so that way we can do it for you. We really want to provide content that you guys want. Uh, I will tell you to go ahead and wait for the supplemental episode from Parker. I'm CJ Holly. Thanks for taking the Sports GPS ride. Oh, thank you.